Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today's show, today is the 16th of June. It is a Tuesday, 2020, and here we are in the midst of so many things. And I say that every day because every day is truly becoming a new day. We are in a new world, and it's correcting itself, it's sifting. It it reminds me of when I first saw Christ and my entire contents of my life felt like they were in a sieve and the sieve just kept shaking and shaking and everything that didn't belong there was just coming out of those tiny holes no matter how big it was it shrunk and it came through that hole and just left and every time something would happen I'd go oh my gosh and that too and that too and I realized that that's how hard it was that's how long it took For me to get to the truth in my own life, because we were taught with so many layers, so many layers, just like they don't even look like layers. They just look like, well, that's just how life is, layers. And I didn't even know they were layers. I didn't know they were something that was taught to me that may not have been in our, as people, best interest. Well, that's the way things are. There's a reason why kids question that. Why do we do it that way? Why are things that way? It's, it's, it reminds me of when my son was little and he first started talking. And you know he's, he's autistic, So he's sitting in the back seat of the car, and I'm driving, and he asks me why every day at that time of day there's so much traffic. It would be like after I got out of work, I'd run to pick them up, and then we'd try to get home, and it would take us forever to get home, even though we did not live that far away. And I said to him, well, it's just when everyone gets out of work. No big deal to me. I'm just answering his question. Being the adult, I'm answering his question. And then he says to me, but, well, why do we do that? Why does everyone get out of work at the same time? And I had to think about it past the obvious, right? The obvious is we all get out of work at 5 o'clock because we need to work together to work. But that turned out to not be true. Why do we do that? Fast forward, we're in 2020. Let's say he's 27 now. So he had to ask me when he was at least six or seven years old because he didn't talk until he was five. 
So let's say 20 years ago, he asked me that question. And now in 2020, we're saying things like, wow, we might not need those big office buildings. People have actually been productive working from home. Wow, traffic has been better. (laughs) Took a while to get there, but the truth is hard to get to. But the bigger reason why I wanted to do this show today, I mean, so many reasons, because the truth is something that we keep trying to grasp, we keep trying to get to, we keep trying to touch. And when we can't, we do feel fear, we do feel doubt, we do feel worry, we do feel guilt for not having the time to take care of all these things. We do feel like we need to control our lives. And in truth, that stagnates us, holds us in place, we're just spinning ourselves. And then there's doubt, and there's anxiety, and then there's fears. We start losing sight of where we're going. And we start wondering why we're here. And we feel like the, the deepest truth of our existence is far away. Like where, how are we going to reach that truth? How are we going to get there? So then yesterday was... The second time this happened to me since we had the um, protests and the riots in our area, Uh, not riots, the looting. So there were two things going on simultaneously. It was protests and then looting. And when I went out and drove through the looting area and saw all the buildings boarded up and saw the National Guard there and, and weird empty streets except for artists trying to paint murals and bring some beauty, some life to all that wood. Because it looked like something blew up the town and it was vacant and all the stores that had life and all the restaurants that had life were dead. There was nothing in them. There was no people there, no one working there, no one shopping there, no one walking there. And I remember when I was driving and I got to a light and there was a Nordstrom on the corner and, of course, it was totally looted and boarded up, and that whole section was. It was kind of weird that in the aftermath, now that everything is empty, everybody's there protecting the building. But while it was happening, they let it happen, unfortunately, because they didn't know who to protect first, people, property, or what to do or how to do it, because we it was like blindsided. The movements came without warning, at least that day. And I get to the light. And I just waved to the National Guard, and, you know, the kid waved back. And I'm not going to call them kids, but he was a kid. And he was probably my son's age, and it made me cry. And my son looked at me and said, why are you crying? And I said, you know, the truth is, I have never seen the National Guard in my entire lifetime, anywhere. I know that they were places in that, and it's one thing to talk about it. The truth is the truth is the truth. I couldn't erase this image from my mind, and it made me cry. So I thought, okay, got that out, drove around, and just, you know, said, God, keep, keep a big eye open on us because we're a little messed up right now. And Christ said to me, You're not messed up. People are not messed up. Right now, every truth is being revealed 
truths are causing movement. And these movements are causing attention. And this attention is bringing change. And there will be those who dearly want to hold on to the past for the past benefited them. And there will be those change for the past did not benefit their souls. And then he said, there will be no soul left behind. And now all I saw was as people wanting things to go back to normal, but yet our normal wasn't a benefit to everybody. Think about that. We got so used to it not being a benefit to everyone that that was our normal. And now everyone wants to put everyone back in place where they belong. And people are saying, hey, wait, 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 put the brakes on. We've had a little time to think about this. We have been put away for a few months. We've had time to regain our emotional composure. And hey, my life wasn't worth living and I want it to be worth living because that's our deepest truth. We are driven by the motivation to live. Sometimes the motivation to live comes from the fear of dying. But we are driven by that. So then I think all that and I get home and just start doing things and kind of, you know, leave that conversation on the table for a later time. Or, I don't know, getting back to it at some point in my life. But it turns out I was supposed to get back to it much sooner. Because life is significant. And when we can't see it that way, we start veering away from our truth. And that's why it's so hard to get to. Because getting to it means we have to really look at what we're thinking, why we're thinking it, and why we do what we do. And that's a lot of work. But again, we all had time to think. And some of us came out, no pun intended, guns a-blazing with weapons and we want to hurt people and we want to, we, we were waiting. So all this quiet, all this drop in crime, all this stuff that was going on, that wasn't our truth. As soon as the gates were open, stuff started happening again. Who knew that this was behind the shutdowns? So yesterday, I'm driving. And I can tell you when I drive, because it's far and few between right now to go anywhere, because still things are not what they were. Even if they were to reopen businesses, The businesses that I normally go to other than the grocery store have all been looted. They're gone, at least for now. There's going to be a while before all that changes. And I'm driving back home 
And I see a um, all the stores like the Walgreens, the CVSs, the I, I guess every single store. But those, you know, you see more because they're more frequent. Are all boarded up, and their doors are open. They weren't looted, so there was now a code in the city that the places that were looted, people drew murals on beautiful murals. And the, the places that weren't looted are just wood. They're for protection. It, none of it has come off yet. And I, I told my son, take pictures because I hope to God that you never have to see this again. But the bigger thing was when we had the shutdowns, somehow we cleared the streets of homeless people and gave them either shelter or a place to be or we, there was a care towards them. And now that's all been unleashed again. And there are just on any given sidewalk, just a bunch of stuff and a human being living amongst that stuff. And again, it brought tears to my eyes. Now, these aren't things like, oh, I feel like crying. These are just natural, very fast tears. Because the truth is, I knew that we haven't finished yet as long as that continues. We have no way of taking care of each other till this day. These are, I know it's easy to discard them because we look at them and we say, oh, they're crazy. They're not. Some are have severe mental issues. Some have very bad criminal records. And some don't but we don't know who's who. And there's ways to take care of those people, whether it is a place for people who have mental issues that we can house. We used to, and then we made a decision not to. So the truth is we were doing right by these people, and I remember because it happened in my lifetime where they closed the institutions to help the mentally challenged people and told the families to take them back, which were not qualified to take care of them. And most of the time we're scared of them because they did not understand how to take care of them. So basically we closed the doors to those institutions and we said, go live on the streets because that's your new home. And that's what happened. So we let go of the most fundamental truth, fundamental truths, and that's what's being fought to and fought for and fought with right now. Why is the truth so hard to get to? Because the lack of truth was actually very convenient for a lot of people. As long as they didn't see it, didn't hear it, they didn't have to care. No one had to care. As long as we can get home to our little cubbies, no one had to care. So I get home and I start thinking of myself and all the people that whose lives I have run across since I saw Christ and what it took for us to personally get to our truth 
so that once something bigger happened, like what we're seeing now, we can actually understand what it will take to get back to truth. Not to get back to what we were, but to get back to truth. And I started experimenting, and I'd turn on every news station, and I'd listen to the complete opposite view of what I think. I'd listen to the view that I may have agreed with, and then I listened to the religious view, and I started listening to all these talking heads. And I realized that they are now sounding like broken records. Everybody has their vested interest in why they are doing what they're doing, but if it doesn't focus on everyone, we're going to struggle until we can. It doesn't mean when we focus on everyone that the world will be perfect. But it does mean that the world will be real. And that reality, that truth, is the human nature, the force that is within everyone in their own ways to try to get to. The minute we start skewing the truth, we have just skewed the path that we're going on. I don't care how good it looks because it isn't based on truth. We never stop seeking the truth. When Christ would write about truth, love, and purity... And I remember going, what more could you write? And I would sit down and boom, this whole thing would come out. I had to learn how important not only getting to our truth, but living in it is. Because no matter what the answer is, no matter if we feel we did not succeed, if we got to the truth, we did succeed. That is the success we're looking for. Because once we get there, we know what we know and we can go on. When we don't get to the truth, we will keep fighting the issues like every talking head I watched. Stay in that perpetual circle of pointing fingers at each other, trying to prove how dumb or stupid another side is and they're not they they don't care how they say it anymore. It's just that they, the way they're saying things is very disrespectful. But we're used to that disrespect. We're used to name calling, unfortunately. There are many pure catalysts right now. The things that were written in that book, Origins of Truth. And Christ wrote about pure catalysts. We can see them quite easily right now. When we look at people, we can say, oh my gosh, we know what they're going to say. And if we can predict what someone is going to say, chances are we're listening to their ego. So I realized something else. And you may realize this too as you start to go through the inventory of disagreements you may have had in your life because the bigger ones we don't forget. 
a lot of times when people fight, and I know it's going to sound like splitting hairs, but it's the truth. I found that people I fight or learn to disengage with, it's that I'm not disengaging with them. I, I like them. I care about them. I may even love them. But when there is a disagreement, I am fighting with their ego, the part of them that isn't their best self, that's trying to make me believe or think whatever it is they're trying to make me believe or think. And before I knew what um, labels were for certain behaviors, I used to have a term that I would I started to recognize as time went on in my life. And I would call them opposite thinkers. Like, oh, wow, they think the opposite of how I think, but I'm treating them as though they think the way I think. And that's, that's the first issue of our communication, is that we don't think the same, not giving them any more weight or less weight than myself. And then I have to go through what they're asking. What are they asking of me? What are they accusing me of? What are they saying to me? What do they want from me? What do they think I should be doing for them, that God brought me here to make sure I, I took care of their business? And why? And I realized it's, it's not the person, because we all, we're, we're not perfect, but we are pure. And when we, we know when we veer away from our purity. So now we're at truth, and now we're hitting our purity. I know that when we argue with someone, it's our egos fighting each other because over and above our ego, we can find a way to settle by just telling the truth instead of throwing around accusations and pointing fingers because we all know that doesn't solve anything but we still do it when we're in it anyway because the part of us that wants to get to the truth really believes that that's the way to get to it at the time. It's, it's so interesting. We're, we're like fascinating to my brain. Now when I see things that I know are poking, you know, it's when someone pokes you or trolls you or just tries to keep putting you in place or... It, it, it just, you could feel it. Say now, do you really want to play that game? Because it takes a lot of time to do that. <coughs> Excuse me. It takes a lot of time to do that. It takes a lot of energy to do that. And I don't really want to play or put my energy there. I'm not arguing with them. I'm not saying what they said isn't true, but I'm telling them my truth, the truth, that I don't want to play. It took me a long time to get there because I was one of those people that thought I could show somebody the truth or I could convince them. But now after years of hearing Christ, I have been hearing a voice that only speaks truth. For the last 18 years, over 18 years of my life, pure truth. And then I have a son who's autistic who only can speak the truth. He couldn't make something up if he tried. 
So I've been hearing it in my head and I've been seeing it in my life. And now through COVID, I've gotten to see another side to my daughter that I would never, I could have lived to, to be 80, could live to be 80, and never would have had the kind of time I have with her right now or have been able to teach her the things because she's 30 now and she has been out of the house since she was 18. She was just like me, wanted to be independent, wanted to get into the world, wanted to find herself. She went and traveled to Europe. She backpacked from, uh, where was she, in France, all the way through that El Camino walk in Spain. She did that, and then she decided she loved Spain, and she stayed an extra month. Then she came back. Two weeks later, she got a job in the movie industry, and I haven't seen her since. She was working around the clock. Monday through Friday, and on weekends she was booked. I'd have to make an appointment to see her. And now I'm teaching her to cook. Her boyfriend's mother's teaching her to sew. She's learning about life gardening. She found out she loves. She, she never would have known these things. But she started to feel her truth. So I'm watching different stages of how we get to our truth, how we can't help being our truth, pairing Christ always speaking. And everything he speaks, I may not understand it, but one day I'm like, oh my God, that was true, as though I was questioning him. But really, I just didn't know that truth yet, because we're constantly learning in depth. So why is all that important? Because the more truth we live in, the more truth we hear, now we have a benchmark of what ego sounds like when it's trying to mask itself as truth. The more you push yourself, the harder you find out who you are, the more you know when something isn't real or something isn't true. And sometimes it's super frustrating when you hear somebody say something that isn't true and you know it is and you kind of, you want to call them out. Now I just say, do you really think that's true for you? You may never see me again. And I always know because it's happened a few times in my life, I could die tomorrow, maybe even today. It's not going to make a difference true or not, because I said it. But what makes a difference is what you ask yourself. And as a result of that thinking, I know in the deepest part of my soul that whatever I say to you, I know is true. And because I know that, I don't need anything back from it I just know the power of the truth. I know that if I tell you the truth, that that becomes one day, if not today, usable information because we are hardwired to the truth and we never forget it. And like Christ said, just say the truth. And I'm not like this big truth master. I just hear it all the time. But say the truth. And then it's not mine anymore. It's now theirs. The truth will do the work. Whether someone gets it in 10 minutes or 10 years. And there's some things that Christ said to me 
believe it or not, that were true when he told me. And some things I did get in 10 minutes. And there's some things that I'm still getting 18 years later. Forget the 10-year benchmark there. But I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's even true. So give yourself space to learn. Give your brain directions like, I just want the truth. I don't care what the answer is as long as it's true. I want usable information. I'm looking for usable information. Give yourself the space to grow. I can't believe I'm out of time. I could talk about truth for 24 hours straight. I love you guys. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.